0: Marini's Media.
1: Hello and welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show in association with Paddy Power. Coming up, a review of the Scottish Cup. As Storm Kira blows a gale, Ryan Rice is asking for a wind meter. The weekend's results leave Super Cali as the last non-premiership team standing and the fairy tales weren't to be as BSC and Clyde couldn't find glory on a stormy Sunday. I'm Andrew Slavin and joining me from The Telegraph, it's JJ Bull.
0: Good evening, good evening. or morning,
1: or whenever you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> and also in the studio from AFP is a Spanish-speaking friend, Car- Kier- Karen Canning? Kieran Canning. Hi, Karen. Storm <laughs> Kieran. Just going to start calling you Karen.
0: Oh, you could have gone Storm Kieran. There we go.
1: Storm Kieran, yeah. I'm not, I'm not that clever. I mean, you all know that, but there you go. It's very so, harsh
0: <laughs> to start. But, but well, I won't correct you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to stay
1: with the storm uh, and talk about Brian Rice has been trying to explain to people. He is saying, I can't believe in this day and age where we have goal line technology, VAR, all these tools to improve the game, and we don't have a wind meter. First of all, what's a wind meter? A barometer? barometer. Yeah,
2: but no, but more more importantly, Brian Rice doesn't seem to realise that Scottish football yeah. has neither goaling technology nor VAR. Yeah, I mean it's probably more feasible for us to have a wind meter or a barometer because uh, it wouldn't cost the a bomb <laughs> like the other things. But um, yeah, I like
0: the idea that he's stuck in like a, a room somewhere in Hamilton and he's got all these like
2: spinning. W- Like Captain Hook with a clock.
0: I have to measure, it's 32 32 (laughs) miles an hour.
2: It doesn't mean anything, Brian. Maybe. I know this weekend was was extreme, but if you were starting to cancel games for strong winds, would you actually play any games at all in Scotland?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I don't know, where do we draw the line here? I mean, it was a bit over the top, like you said. But the games this weekend... Did it affect the, when yes. you watch it? You affect your your enjoyment, doesn't yes. it?
0: Yes, yeah. Uh, it's like the Celtic game was funny because the ball was absolutely flying sure, yeah. in the first half, particularly if it got cleared from the uh, the BSC Glasgow end up the other side. It was like doubling in speed. It's like watching it fast forward whenever they cleared it, and you can see when players are trying to control it going into the final third that it was skipping away from them. There's one bit where I think um, Bauer runs past to the line, and you can see the ball. He's having to chase the ball. Much harder than he would normally have to because it's going and Kilmarnock versus Aberdeen. Uh, Brunescu, the keeper, had to keep putting the ball down, it was, it was like roll quickly away <laughs> from him outside near to outside the box and had to put it
2: down again. What I was disappointed at having seen the rugby and football this weekend was when uh, in the rugby when England, yeah, when England, yeah putting their England, finger on the ball, England had the penalty and the guy had to sort of like hold the ball for Farrell to hit it, and then in the Clyde Celtic game. Christy a couple of times Was trying to take a corner It was just rolling away And Forrest ended up just coming close to him And I really just wanted
1: Forrest Just to lie down on the ground <laughs> hold, it, hold it in place Alright then Well when metres in Let's get into the cup You're listening to The Totally Scottish Football Show In association with Paddy Power Let's start with the most enthralling match of them all. Yep, Aberdeen failed to score again for the fifth match in a row, queuing a chorus of boos again from Dons fans after a 0-0 game with Cole Marnick. Football wasn't the winner here, the weather was. But the real question is, JJ, when are Aberdeen going to score <laughs> a goal? Uh, and, and why is it going so wrong since the winter break?
0: It's now so bad that uh, there's a bar called, it's the Foundry, it's in Aberdeen, they're going to offer a free pint if Aberdeen score an open play against Hamilton. I love that. But surely they must do, so <laughs> I would go and, uh, yeah, maybe try that one out. Um, I've been looking into this, so there's a lot of reasons, I think, behind Aberdeen being very bad at scoring goals. It's been a mixture of things this season, but if we look at the actual numbers, the first thing that's kind of worrying about it... Is that Aberdeen are actually overperforming <laughs> from what they should be? The underlying numbers, um, like XG, for example, says that so Aberdeen's expected goals is twenty four point eight, actual goals is thirty, so that's an overperformance of five. And well, XG against is thirty one point four nine, actual goals against is twenty eight, which is again another overperformance. you should have let in three goals more, uh, four, almost three and a half goals more. That has led to an expected points. This is all Y scout data. Expected points of thirty two point seven actual is 38 and that would if it was 32.7 put Aberdeen well I know they're 0.7 would put them in 6th in the table <laughs> which feels about right for I think the way Aberdeen are playing at the moment and uh, this is the thing it's the underlying stats are the worrying bit now Aberdeen fans aren't particularly happy with the style of football it's been pretty brutal to watch mm-hmm. kind of horrible at times and I not hate... just this season either really no but people loved it when McInnes first came in and like statistically the best year for Aberdeen and when I say the best statistically I mean like the numbers are just higher and everything doesn't necessarily mean they were, but they were better to watch then, right? And I've gone through it through the last five seasons to try and find where the things are, and things have gotten progressively worse, despite playing the same type of football. So, like the the systems never really changed. They still used wingers that come inside, and you meant to have fullbacks coming up. Uh, they got more crosses in the box. For example, like sixteen point four crosses per game this season is what Aberdeen are putting in. Versus in 2016 17, 23.7. I don't know if anyone looks at data that much. That's In terms of crosses and stuff like that, that's massive for the uh, Aberdeen. Kieran, what are you going
2: to say? Well, not once to ago to, you know, old school Sky Sports pundit and go, the, game, the game's about players, JJ, you know, for all your stats, right? Oh,
0: I'm coming to that. I'm coming <laughs> to that.
2: And <laughs> those previous seasons, they had uh, Hayes, Christie, Shinny, uh, Kenny McLean. That's the biggest thing. Like, they've still got Naeem again. This is the whole point I was going to come to,
0: is that in 2016-17, when I can go through every single stat, I won't because it's kind of boring, but this is more of everything. That, like, the team that started, you'd have McLean, Shinny, Christy, Jack Hayes, Adam Rooney was scoring back then. And then straight after that, you had a you know a rebuild, you lost players. Last season, or well, this season, coming another rebuild, loss of the captain. That's huge for any team when you lose that kind of a player. Also, the team decimated with injury, especially midfield. We mm-hmm. look at the 5-0 defeat to Rangers. You had, I mean, this is not trying to excuse certain things in the tactical setups, right? I I don't think, it's not, someone on Twitter said like, oh, I think he doesn't realise that McInnes isn't the tactical genius he thinks he is. I don't think he's a tactical genius. I think he has, some managers are good at man management, constructing a team and building things that others can't. Some people just get it. And Mm -hmm. I think he's one of these people that just knows how to do that. I don't think he's Jurgen Klopp or anything like that, right? But... These, the team that lost to into Rangers you had Lewis Ferguson's a 6 he's not a 6 you had Connor McLennan in midfield he's a winger or a striker and Dean Campbell who's like 14 years old <laughs> and then against the 4-0 loss to Celtic uh, he's also the best player in the pitch against Kilmarnock by the way but the 4-0 loss to Celtic you had Greg Lee left back in midfield Jack, uh, Zach Viner in midfield uh, right back maybe and John Gallagher who's just not quite there and like the style of play has been the same but with better players like Kieran pointed out it just works so like the style of play doesn't work without the players to do it but the players brought
2: in are good enough to make that style of play work but it's still not working i also think that earlier on in, in McInnes' reign when they were they were getting to cup finals and finishing second the results meant that it was easier for the the fans to, to put up with that style of football mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. bit then it's it's hard to analyze because on the one hand you've had Rangers coming back up and getting much stronger, which means that second is now n- realistically no longer possible. It also makes getting to, to cup finals and semi-finals harder if they if they were to meet Celtic Rangers on the way. On the other hand, I feel like this is a season when you look at all the other teams that Aberdeen should probably be romping third because Hearts have been largely been a shambles. Hibs have had a managerial change. Muddle started strongly but have faded quite badly as well. It's not like there's other good, really good teams in the league that are making, that are blocking Aberdeen from getting to third. And the fact that they we're discussing how, how poor they have been and they're
1: still three points off third shows that there's, there's not that, that great competition yeah, there. But the, 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 the question that sticks out in my mind, though, is as much as McInnes comes out and says he's trying everything, which it looks like he is trying everything, it's still his job to get results in their favour. The players have got a responsibility on the pitch to to carry his message, it's not happening right now yeah and i so, think there's a
0: few like a few reasons with this as well and i think so there's like basic things that i think can be either linked to to confidence in the players and if they've had it they're just not playing with any freedom i don't quite know why that is whether it's a system that's kind of stifling them a little bit but you see like in so the thing i don't like is when McKenna or, or Taylor or Devlin just lump like hoof it 70 yards towards Cosgrove and then the ball gets lost and Aberdeen have one of the lowest passes into the final third statistic as well which is to do with construction and approach so the build-up play is more from the back but then it gets shelled so there's no point building from the back if we can do that anyway and you have like little positioning things like Logan who will stop being in the team so often now they've got uh, Ronald Hernandez there right back but if Logan's positioning was five yards further up the pitch the right-sided side centre-back would have like a vertical diagonal ball to him rather than a more sideways one. This is really nitpicking, but it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So if you've got a two, you're going to have a three and the, the the positioning and the spacing is really important. If it's an extra five, ten yards, the ball goes forward constantly so you can move it. But what happens it goes to Logan, who then has to go back inside to McGeech, something like that, and or Ojo, and they turn around and there's no one that they can get the ball to to progress it and it goes back, it gets shelled and it gets lost. And so they're not getting as much of the ball in the final third in the box.
1: Well, Obviously, Aberdeen have to go to Kilmarnock now to uh, play a Scottish Cup replay. That's Wednesday, the 19th of February. Please not um, again. It was awful. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they'll score before then. But they are on the longest run of games without a goal since 2011. Um, so we will wait to see what happens there. We're going to talk about Kilmarnock later as we get around to previewing the midweek fixtures. So let's move on to our one and only Giant Killing. Right, who would have thought Inverness Cali Thistle would be the only team who could muster an upset after they put out Livingston with a 1-0 win. It's been 20 years since the infamous Super Cali Go Ballistic headline and this time around it ended, the weather was atrocious. There you go. There you go.
2: <laughs> you say that, who'd have thought that Inverness would be the only team to to spring an upset but they have this history in the competition, not just that, obviously, the the famous one against, them. Um, well, a couple of times they've beaten Celtic in the, in the Scottish Cup they got to the semi-finals last year as well so they are a team that's that's capable of putting a run together and for all that I mean in here last uh, last week I said that I didn't think they would beat Livingston just because of the the run that Livingston have been on there is a, a big difference between Livingston's home form
1: and their away form, so mm-hmm. them maybe going up to Inverness um, made it significantly more difficult for them. John Robertson agrees with you because he says it's a measure of this club's history in the Scottish Cup that people don't really see a result as a shock, a surprise, maybe, but not a shock. Do you do you agree with that as well, JJ? I think a lot of these games, I'm not really surprised by any <laughs> of the in the results. I would say it is a shock because Livingston have been going so well recently. Yeah, but despite it, losing to Ross County, I think it was.
0: But these these sort of results come up, and um Sometimes, like they're doing so well in the Scottish Premiership, and Livy actually talking about more boring statistics, but they are uh, they are underperforming what they should be. They should be higher up at the table. They should be in like third or something like that. Mm-hmm. Having a really good season, uh, everything they do is good, but these games can throw a surprise. I think what Kieran's, like Kieran's right about the pitch.
1: Like, that makes a huge difference. You've got that that big advantage of playing yeah. on these weird pitches, and it's going to be good for them as well. More money more money for Inverness who need the money. The
2: thing is well Inverness are second in the in the championship. They're not going to catch Dundee United. No. But the fact you know the fact that a team is high up in the the championship what what we've said about the teams in the Premiership below the top 2 being being much of a muchness and also they can maybe concentrate a bit more on the on the cup run knowing that they're, yeah. they're almost certainly going to be in in the playoffs anyway but not but not catch on the United See, I totally agree with that like, I, I want it to
0: be a bigger league Than the 12 And I don't think There's that much Of a huge difference Between the ones in that In the Championship
1: The Premiership it could easily be bigger Yeah of course it could But we just proven it With that 1-0 We're going to keep rattling on I'm um, going to talk about Falkirk Hearts This was the match That Kieran tipped last week For being a potential upset But it was the Edinburgh side Who came up trumps Thanks to Sean Clare's penalty Staff challenge Gives Hearts a penalty kick But Sean Clare is about to take Sean Clear up against Robbie Much. Clear it is Goal! Hearts make the breakthrough Hearts will count themselves lucky though because Falkirk hit the woodwork three times
2: I, I was going to say I I'm have not, I'm not, no idea how Hearts won this match not because of what <laughs> happened but if anyone who tried to watch it it was impossible to see what was happening yeah. on the field they the, yeah. were so windswept and the, the rain was
1: lashing down over the, the cameras all it was was raindrops <laughs> And the thing is, you would have thought, oh, just kind of cut to another camera and get the guy to wipe his or something. But you couldn't do that because the rain was proper lashing and, down. And there was only one camera. <laughs> no, there wasn't. It was televised.
2: It's Scottish football, you know.
1: No, <laughs> that's, that's, that's exactly they threw some money from from at this to... one. They threw some
0: money at this one. For people unfamiliar, Slavin is a real nerd when it comes to camera <laughs> angles and stuff. When- <laughs> Watching watching football is occasionally not very fun because <laughs> he brings up oh that's a I wouldn't have used that slate that's
1: that's no it's more because I tried to analyze why they've chosen the certain decisions they've chosen. He's just slagging um,
0: off every other TV provider. I can't believe it. Thanks a
1: lot, mate. <laughs> I was going to say um despite a red soaked lens, you know, it was a pretty busy game this and it was very good for folk. I, I thought they were really unlucky like you said. They were they were definitely the better side, but this is a moment for hearts to kind of savour. Because it's been going so badly for them, but they're now in the next round of the cup up against Rangers, so it's a moment for them to look forward to. Ah, I good. think
0: we change the shape as well for this, so it'll obviously be the same uh, system adapted for windy conditions to play with a back three. Dickimona, Smith, and Hulkett in there. Mm. You're still tinkering with it; doesn't seem quite settled on the. And this is more like Southampton's kind of set up with Ralph Fastenhuttle's very, very, very German-style football. The one.
2: Real positive, I would say for them is a clean sheet, which is what they badly needed. The flip side of that is that it wasn't exactly like a solid, you know, clean sheet whether they were solid and denied Falkirk chances. It sure. just, it was just that Falkirk didn't take their chances. And you know, for all that they have spent uh, significant money for a Scottish League One team, they are a Scottish League One team. So yeah. when Hearts go to Celtic on Wednesday, for example, mm-hmm. if they concede that quality of chance, then they're done for there's
0: one more thing I thought was interesting about this so they hit the woodwork three times wasn't it yes yeah? three But the twice shots... from the same player but the shots on target statistics say they had zero shots on target yeah. should that be
1: the case I want to know what you think Kieran. of that what, are you suggesting hitting the woodwork should be on target I don't know because it shouldn't <laughs> it's not on target it's not with it. Oh, uh, Kieran? Uh, Kieran are you mm, yeah I'm, I'm with I'm with Andrew in this one yeah. it's not you know
2: <laughs> I, I haven't hit, said I hit, right hit the post a hundred times It's still not going in Unless I suppose You hit
1: How do you class a shot That hits the post and goes in On the inside of the post Exactly Because it kind of was actually The the two I can't remember who, who it was It was um, McManus I think it was I can't remember his first name He hit the hit the post In the same point twice uh, Really unfortunate Anyway look Moving on People called Kira Might have uh, got a bit of stick At the weekend but so did Aaron Muirhead For Air United His 26 minutes On the pitch Including an own goal A yellow card And then a straight red um, It
2: was it was just like The five minutes Between the, the own goal And then the challenge To get himself sent off It was eight minutes actually But there you go uh, can Continue uh, the, <laughs> the challenge to get himself sent off I think is, is just wonderful The way he just Dives in And then just starts walking off <laughs> He's like He barely even waits for the card He kind of knows it's coming Yeah Try, Also uh, after committing the challenge has a bit of a push and a shove with one of the St Johnson players and then uh, continues on his way down the tunnel maybe he
1: just didn't like playing in the rain you know I went to school with Aaron He went to my same same high school and I never thought he would become a professional footballer he was a good little footballer bit like midfielder and he was really small and I always remember when he was at Partick Thistle and he was just so tall so so tall I was like obviously Road spark, but there you go arm your head he was never a dirty player back in school days or well, maybe he had somewhere to be and he wasn't allowed to get off or
0: something you know like when you request work uh, holidays and they say no you can't do that we need you for this one there's not enough to cover you in the rota yeah this is how you do it when you're a footballer
1: <laughs> um, look this is good news for Tommy Wright um, he's looking to the future he says we can dream of winning the cup but we need to see who who we get in the draw you only need to win five games and now we've won two of them they've drawn Celtic at home so, do you think they're still dreaming of the, the cup?
2: I mean, someone's got to beat them at some point. I, that's a lot of averages, and they, I think it's 30 goals without reply Celtic has scored correct. against St. Johnston. So, correct. again, on the a lot of averages at some point, that has to end. You would imagine the. See, there's different ways to look at this. One is if you're going to win the cup, you're probably going to have to beat. At least yeah. one, if not both, of Celtic and Rangers. Yeah. On the other hand, I was thinking the tie where it's the two replays have to play each other, so St Mirren and Motherwell will play either Aberdeen or Kilmarnock. Do you prefer to go down that route, get to the semi-finals, avoid them, maybe hope that they get each other in the semi-finals and then you only have to beat one of them?
0: And you always get pumped in the final. It's one of the weird things about Scottish football is that it's very hard to, just to explain to... I don't know, maybe you'll feel differently about this to me, but when you beat someone like as an Aberdeen fan, if you beat Rangers or Celtic in just one game, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as good as winning a cup. But it's such an enormous achievement mm-hmm. that happens so rarely. Like, to do it in a actual cup final is so rare. I mean, Aberdeen have beaten Rangers a few, a few times a day in cups, quarterfinals, semifinals to get to where they've been recently in recent seasons. But that's not an achievement. But because it's always Rangers or Celtic, you've got to play in the final at some point. You've got to, you know, beat that last boss on the way to actually mm-hmm. get in mm-hmm. the, <laughs> clearing the level. Like, it's, Funny that it's. I, try, I don't know if I'm trying to.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think yeah, the, po- the problem is for the, the other teams is that when it comes to the cup final, normally whether it's Celtic Rangers are rested and fully concentrated, and it's it's although it's not as big an occasion as it's for the other teams because they're there more regularly, it's still a big occasion, so they're focused and and normally at it, where you have a better chance of beating them. Whereas, for example, I think these games are going to come after. Silicon Rangers playing in the Europa League. So there's the, there's the chance there yeah. that you know they're, they're distracted by that, or you know, they've got so many other games they're a bit yeah. worn down, whatever. Whereas, yeah, once, it, once it gets to the final, the even slim chance that there was is further minimised. That's by it, that. like
0: you beat them once, it, it might as well have been the Cup final, because
1: it's so hard to do. Right, well, let's round up the other ties as uh, Celtic overcame Clyde 3 0. No magic repeated there, sadly, because Clyde beat them back in 2006. Um, Rangers cruised to a 4-1 win over Hamilton who were playing a younger squad which led to BBC reporter to use the word whippersnappers in his article an underused word whippersnappers Elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) Alex Jakubiak scored his first goal for St Mirren as they drew with Murrow and Hibbs had a 4-1 win over lowland league side BSC Glasgow thanks to a Mark McNulty hat-trick and an assist so yeah, decent times. Uh, new recruits are doing well for Hibs. Greg Doherty was the other man in the score sheet. Is there anything you'd like to say about any of those ties before we move on to uh, looking ahead to the midweek premiership fixtures?
0: I'd like to say that I incorrectly said Celtic were playing at BSC Glasgow and I, of course, meant Clyde.
1: Correct. I'm glad you corrected yourself. Yes. Hibs are, could be an interesting shot for the cup. What 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 did you see against Lowland League well, BSC to the, give you that the, assessment?
2: a goal machine. Yeah, the difference in in uh, quality there, but just the fact that they handled that well, you know, uh, it was a relatively professional job. But some of the players that they brought in, I mean, I know again, you know, it was only BSC Glasgow, but Mcnulty scored in a hat trick. Doherty could be an interesting signing for them. They've got Omiyonga back, and keep waiting to see sort of a, a more gradual um, improvement from Hibs since uh, since Jack Ross came in they've uh, we've spoken of, about Inverness um, have a sort of penchant for, uh, for cup upsets but mm, penchant
1: <laughs> very nice but
2: Hibs have got them at home in the quarterfinals so
1: you I love that when we when you just said me and JJ just <laughs> went either side you, of the mic to you look, you look at each you other you actually did that like, Sc- <laughs> Scottish people listening to this and remember like,
2: the, sti- the it wasn't still a game it was only an excuse for they used to do that like Woo! No, well, that
1: was chewing the fat <laughs> chewing my the fat, friend sorry. chewing the fat yeah uh, oh je m'appelle Andrew in my own baguette also like you're not saying Hibs have got a chance to the cup because they've
0: beaten
2: no, I mean, no, no, no. no you weren't actually impressed by the performance but, but like. the, the the signs they made in January they played relatively well away to Rangers last um, midweek, the draw. It's like accumulation of factors, suppose. And I, I think that they will be better a couple of months down the line. So when if they can beat Inverness, then I think the semis aren't until April, some point. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll be in a better place come
0: then.
1: I mean, well, that, that
0: does make sense to me. I've got a sneaky feeling Celtic might. When it
1: was <laughs> <laughs> this, I mean, the amount of games Celtic have won in cup competitions in a row is just staggering. But here's a look how the quarterfinals look. St Johnston will host Celtic, Hearts will host Rangers, um, which would be an interesting one. Cause Hearts beat Rangers recently there. Hibbs versus Inverness Caledonian Thistle, St Mirren or Motherwell will play Aberdeen or Comanek, and they will all happen at the end of February, beginning of March. So looking forward to that one. Up next, Premiership.
0: Everyone remembers that time you've had that peach of an accumulator looking good only for... Oh, and the keeper's let it slip through his legs in the 94th minute. Or the right back has to pull on the gloves and face a penalty. Or Man United have again conceded a late equaliser. But with Paddy Power's Acker Cracker, you get a free bet if one leg of your fourfold plus Acker lets you down on all football matches and all markets. Paddy Power. Max free bet, £10. Minimum odds of 1-5 to five on each leg. Online exclusive. Exclude shop bets. Tees and Cs apply. 18+. On Spotify, smart speaker and podcast platforms everywhere, this is the Totally Scottish Football
1: Show from Muddy Knees Media. All right, so it's a full midweek Scottish Premiership fixtures to go through, starting with Kilmarnock View Rangers. Stephen Gerrard's been rattling cages, apparently, to get his team going again. They won last week over Hibs, thanks to new boy Yanis Hadji, with an 84th-minute winner. What do you guys think of Hadji? Looks like a bit of a baller.
2: Yeah, I mean... What I've seen so far has been very impressive, which is in line with what I saw him at the uh, under-21 Euros last summer. There was a bit of doubt over his two moves outside of Romania haven't mm-hmm. gone haven't gone well, but getting that goal in his first start, basically a massive massive confidence booster. He is one of these guys that he'll sort of shoot on sight, so there will be games where people get annoyed at him because he's fired 10 shots over the bar, but he's that sort of goal threat from midfield that... Not, that sounds harsh to say that they've been needing that goal threat from midfield when you look at the weekend and Arfield scores twice and the scores. But yeah, someone that, that just has a bit of magic. And gerard has been talking about them getting their, their spark back um, after the winter break. Maybe he's the one that just adding that something new to to get them back into it. Because the Hibs game was really important for them to win. If, if they drop points again, then... And Celtic went further ahead. You know it was going to be really difficult for them to to pull it back. So whilst they're sort of finding their form again, they just need to make sure that they don't lose any more ground. Because although it's seven points, they have a game in hand and mm-hmm. they've still got to play Celtic twice. So it's still in their own hands.
1: Well, it looks like a good one for for Rangers because well they've scored in every away fixture so far, and Kilmarnock aren't exactly as much as they've had decent results in the last two games. Aren't exactly great uh, at the moment. So you know. I want to suggest that our Rangers are a little bit good going forward but not so good in defence because they were caught out by Hamilton um, and they were caught out in the last game as well. We've got Borna Barasic who's a doubt for Wednesday and so is this a chance for Halliday and Flanagan to impress because if, if this can be a, a clean sheet with one of them in there it might help their well, their argument for a contract extension in the summer because they're both out. I'm basing
0: this a bit off the back of the, uh, the aberdeen killy game. Kelly offered I think like nothing in that game. They just wanted to shut it down, which they did well. Aberdeen couldn't really get at them whatsoever, and they were able to go out in the counter. It's exactly what they've been doing for years, not had the players they've had in previous seasons. They'll do the same thing against Rangers, who have to work out how to play in these tight spaces and Mm. and create, which is the thing that it's the kind of thing that Ryan Kent's brought in for because he can make these things happen. He's done it already this season, he just comes on and and makes stuff happen. It's going to be one of those games that Rangers could either win this 4-0 or just struggle all the way through it. And the thing you're starting to see now is it's whether they are, like, I've read maybe the people have said that they're tired off the back of another little pre-season they've done in uh, Dubai they went to, is it? Yeah. Right. So they come out of that and they're maybe feeling the effects of that, but they'll, they'll be good going into the final stretch of it, which is no use if they've dropped too many points. Or it could be that like the heads just aren't quite on it yet, because it takes time to turn people into champions. Yeah, like
2: I think this this could be a tricky game, just because of the way Kmark's set up, Rangers have struggled with, with those type that type of opposition recently when we've talked about how the fact that Aberdeen I posed, no, no, posed yeah. no threat going forward but they drew nothing each at, at Ibrook's even like the the Hibs game, sort of Rangers had a lot more of the play in the second half but but struggled to to break Hibs down. Barisic missing is a massive miss. Mm. Like, he's probably gone under the radar because of people like Morelos um and Kent getting a little plaudits this season, but I think He's maybe outside. Well, has been Rangers' best player. I mean, massive improvement from from last season. And what was obvious when Tavernier was out, he you know, he's back, is that Rangers really depend on their full backs mm-hmm. sort of creating for them. Mm-hmm. And so when one of them is out, it's much easier for the, the the opposition to defend, sort of double up on the other side. Particularly if, if Flanagan's playing, he's going to offer like absolutely no attacking output um, whatsoever, and he's been really poor in the, the few games that. Uh, that he has played. I think that the defensive issue you talked about. Rangers numbers defensively have been been very good throughout the course of the season. One the problem they've had at the moment is that with um, Hellander out, Katic had a good spell. Uh, obviously scored scored the winning goal against Celtic, but he was pretty poor in the Aberdeen game. I think it was he gave away two chances. One where Cosgrove went went through and, and messed it up. So because that Edmondson came in yeah. for the Hibs game and then on the Hamilton game. Edmondson looked pretty shaky. His the goal came came down his side, and it was defensively, particularly when Gerard said about the rattle in the cages. It, he was talking about the way they were defending because there was another chance just after Hamilton equalised, where Goldson's handles inside the box and like somehow got away without without conceding mm-hmm, the penalty. Mm-hmm. So, and that was against a, a much changed Hamilton. Hamilton team. So I think that getting that sort of central defensive partnership right and. Getting Barisic as back as as quickly as possible is going to be a, a big thing. For is is
0: Brnecu suspended for it? He got two yellows in the uh, the game against Hearts.
2: Ooh, I don't oh, is know. he suspended at weekend? No, he played in the weekend. Uh, he must be suspended for the league
0: then. Yeah, can make a difference having a not your main goalkeeper behind between the sticks? And at the last gate, the result was one 0 Rangers at Ibrox really tight again Mm -hmm. exactly the same thing we're just talking about it was 5-4-1 basically the whole game or 4-5-1 all the way through and Morellas managed to get in behind the the
1: last line in the 65th
0: minute it's going to be exactly the same thing
1: well the thing is the thing is Rangers have been pretty good going forward and Kilmarnock haven't had a clean sheet in nine games but after last week's discussion it emerged today that a 12 year old boy has been charged with racist chants against Rangers players during the old firm at the end of 2019 as for Kilmarnock you know good two wins in a row now including a 3-2 win over hearts last week and here to speak with us about his team is Barry Richmond from the Kelly Trust Barry two wins in a row what's caused all the the great turnaround is Alex Dyer going to be a good thing
3: for for Kilmarnock in the hot seat well, to be fair, it took him long enough to get there to get the two wins in a row. <laughs> was maybe a bit worrying before then. It's hard to tell, really. He's stuck with the same squad Alessio had as well. He's not really, I mean, really tried to bring people in and it wasn't really happening. It's just a matter of week, really, I think. He knows the players. He's still obviously kind of toying about the tactics and stuff like that. But he's got it right. Well, saying that, probably on Saturday, I think. But... Uh, Hopefully, it's showing signs that it might come good. How do you
0: feel about the game on Saturday against Aberdeen? Do you think you said that you thought they should have won? I, I felt like Kelly didn't really offer anything going forward, it was all about just keeping them quiet and hitting on the counter, which is similar to what I guess Clark did. I don't know. Correct.
3: That, yeah, <laughs> so correct, so what, I meant, what I meant really was that Aberdeen were there for the taking. I think they're we playing that badly, and uh, so. The game probably finished as it should have. It was a shocking game to both teams. I the weather imagine, was terrible. Yeah. There, you know, there wasn't much happening. We, we were set up the way we were set up because you know we being two players were out. We finally was out of defence, bringing Bradford back in for his, his first start. Maybe they thought they, you know they might need five at the back for bringing him in, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you seen that we kept the two up front, uh, played five at the back and stuff. Again, we are missing Buck and his uh, the age. That he is—he's a, what a phenomenal player he's been for our team. Both of them are out. Different formation it was never going to be easy. In fact, we, I'm probably quite correct in saying we've never ever beat Aberdeen the Scottish Cup ever. So that'll be 150 years. So wow. <laughs> it was quite quite an ask to ask, you know, the, the boys to go up there and do it. So I'm quite happy that we've got another chance to do it, and I think that, well, you know, every fan probably feels the same. If there's a record to be broken, we'll break it. If somebody's got a run going, we'll be the ones that'll give it up. But hopefully, that won't be the case this time.
2: Just you mentioned the the age of Burke and also Dicker and Power and the 30s Broadfoot coming back. Is that a bit of a concern that a lot of the the, the key important players are, are the wrong side of the 30 and is there, is there enough good young players coming through?
3: I think it's to an extent. Uh, Alex Dyer brought a couple of boys through as I say uh, as soon as he started we have seen uh, a couple of them on the bench uh, recently so hopefully he's going to give them an opportunity. Steve Clark as much as he's a miracle worker didn't have much time for the youth side of it. he was only here for a finite period of time so he was always just going to concentrate on the first team so That that kind of halt it is for a wee while, bringing people through, etc. If Dyer's going to change that, that's all well and good. As for Chris Burke, I I would give him another year. Mm. I don't know what it is. I don't know what he's on, but I would give him another year, actually, as it is. He seems to be one of these guys who's making up for lost time, I think. He spent a long time out with a virus at Ross County, and now he's making up for it. Phenomenal player. And uh, as as concerned as... I think the bigger concern for us is so many players out of contract, not just their age. Mm-hmm. You know, you has got a full rebuilding job again. The board at one stage said, you know, we don't want to continue to bring in loan players. We need to bring in guys who would be able to continue for the rest of the, you know, full time players as opposed to lot. so we're not changing every season or every window and all that kind of stuff. And then we got to this transfer window and brought in two folk and. <laughs> So well, what happened to that plan then? Uh, but hopefully that that will be changing again. It must be quite difficult though. Your manager's only, he's only guaranteed to be there this summer. How many of these players are going to sign on a game they don't know who's the manager? Well, yeah, I, guess, no, that's
1: I guess that's the thing. Like, the, the club's in transition halfway through a season. Nobody wants to be in that position.
0: I wonder if it'll end up that Dyer goes back to be an assistant and they take someone else in to work with him or
1: something like that. But would Dyer, would Dyer accept that now that he's... Been given the role um, until the summer. Would he accept become an assistant again to someone brand new coming in?
3: I don't think so. To be honest, I think uh, he didn't really want to take the job initially when Alissio got it, mm-hmm. and he was quite happy to hang on where he was at the time. And then I think by the time Alissio had left, he, was, he must have thought, "He said, you know what? I can do that. <laughs> I can do that." As it turned out, just immediately after that, no, he couldn't. He? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it kind of went down in for a wee while, but they seem to get their confidence back, and he seems to be doing okay. I'm I'm quite get, if, if we finish in the top six, certainly, uh, they'll be asking him to continue his contract, and take on a wee bit longer, as long as I'm not in too much bother, I would assume it might be the same, you never know, but if he if seems to be building something, and he seems to be bringing guys through, and some decent players in, then I don't think they'll have a problem with him staying on. Again, that of a A knock-on effect On what players We've got And who they want to stay And Do we want them to stay If you know You're 100% correct I see them knocking on A bit now I think uh, Chris Burton he's, he's exceptional Maybe the exception Is the rule. Tom and Dick are fine But You know These guys are going to last forever I suppose
1: Barry Richmond From the Killy Trust Right, Hamilton v Aberdeen. We've spoken about Aberdeen's lack of penetration in front of goal. As for Hamilton, they'll be looking at this as an opportunity to put real pressure on hearts. A win on Tuesday night and Ackies will have a stronger hold over that coveted 11th spot.
0: Yeah, and also Brent Rice has started to make little excuses ahead of this one, saying he's missing, he's missing like four strikers, I think, through yeah, something Yeah, that's right. Like that.
1: Michael Miller, Andy Dale, Stephen Davies. And George Oakley are all out.
0: Right, so all there's, they've got no strikers, right? Yeah. So you know how that's going to be. Well, they end.
1: have Andy Winter, I think his name is. Got uh, Ocum- the 17 year old. Uh, and Ockham as well, who was excellent yeah. against Celtic. Okay, well. He's still not going to play, but <laughs> that's the thing. I
0: mean, imagine Sky Sports putting this on.
1: Is it Sky? is it We've got
0: this on TV? Like, it's going to be in a plastic pitch just after a massive storm against two
1: teams who cannot score.
2: But lovely view, Ugh. lovely view of the Sainsbury's. Mm.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, I think the last two, the last two games uh, between these sides ended one 0
0: Aberdeen's just—it's all over. At, at some point, it's going to just burst, and they'll just find
2: they work out. Just work to pick together. up on on the point that well, Brian Rice has a few complaints. One of the things he's talked about with injuries is the number of midweek rounds. So mm. since we came back in from the the winter break, that there was league games. That Wednesday, full league ground last Wednesday, full ground this Wednesday. worked out that this is just scheduled midweek games, so like not rearranged when you take in cup games and that kind of stuff. Eight of the 38 games, so like nearly a quarter of them, are scheduled for, for midweek grounds. So it's like, I think it's one of the leagues with most midweek grounds in really? like, the all of Europe. And when you take into account our climate, our winters, if you're a season ticket holder, you feel sort of short-changed. Yeah. I, I don't really understand the need to play so many cup games Compl- at weekends. It
0: negates the whole point of having the break as well. Because yeah. you suddenly don't have any recovery and training days. But
2: it's at both ends. It's like they, they jam pack December full of games. Yeah. And then January and February. Again, we come back to the point of when we have our winters... And All these like night games, yeah. It, it just doesn't seem to. I mean, so,
1: would, would you rather be without the winter break and get these games done? I don't understand so there aren't quite,
2: so many why would start the season even earlier because so I, I can understand the problem with, for example, Celtic haven't had a free midweek at all this season. Since the season started, that wasn't an international break, so basically, the club teams haven't had a free midweek, Rangers have had one. And that was um, in December, and the only reason they had it was because Sky had arranged a game at Hibs for the Friday night, so they couldn't play like on the the Wednesday beforehand. So yeah, how where do you fit it in? Given that all the the Scottish teams have to play so many qualifiers early on in the season, they could start the season even earlier and extend it out a little bit that way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just seems to like be able to free up some maybe later in the season when it gets lighter they could just play more games in the same night
0: so just yeah, schedule one after again, another again the problem with that
2: is like <laughs> is it very would very very rarely happen um, but they've got to account for European games if yeah but again, that would only affect the you know Rangers Rangers. So well, why not? And they have the squads to deal with it. So we're why not allow? Or in
0: the summer, we're not going to yeah. qualify for anything anyway. So. Why not <laughs> allow
2: Hamilton and Kilmarnock and and all on these teams to to play more games in the springtime?
1: What about Brian Rice and his message? You said he's he's dropping little excuses, excuse, excuse. little excuse bombs. That sounds um, kind of harsh, but yeah. But I, I know what you're. I know what you're saying. Yeah. But the the thing is, there is a huge match after this game um, when Hamilton host Hearts. So this game, midweek, oh, you'd wonder if Rice and Stendhal, to be fair, are probably focusing on that game more than their midweek fixtures. No, definitely not. I mean, really?
0: they, Yeah, of course not. They've, they're going after this. I mean, they'll treat... Every game is very important as we always say <laughs> on the podcast. There's no way he's looking at the game ahead of that. Especially with injuries. You just put the best team you can put out at the time. And it's not like he's got the kind of squad of players Where you can pick and choose Different players For different well, Stend- tackle setups It's not like, like Rangers and Celtic They've got like two squads Of players they can play Hamilton's St- got their first 11 And a couple of subs
1: But Stendhal has came out And said that you know, um, For instance John Sutter, He might not play in this game Because he's not ready But he needs them back For the weekend More importantly But
2: that means you can give them Rest days and recovery Because otherwise you can But also there's a massive difference In Hamilton and the Hearts In terms of squad depth I mean, we've, we've talked quite a lot this season About how Hearts' and squad is too big there's too much deadwood and stuff there, so they, they have the bodies to, to put in if they do want to put in a sort of second string against Celtic.
1: Well, let's, let's stick with Hearts because they take on Celtic, and Hearts did have a short time off the bottom of the table, but they're now back there after they lost to Kilmarnock last week. This week, it's going to be a, di- a much more difficult test against Celtic, but you'd maybe think that win over Rangers gives them a little hope that in these games they can rise to the occasion.
2: I think there's a massive difference playing these game, playing Celtic Rangers at Tynecastle and playing away, because Tynecastle is so tight, especially the way that St- wants to play, which yeah. is <laughs> pressing, It's like much easier to do on a, a much smaller uh, pitch like like Tynecastle is. And even then, as we saw in the Kamarnock game, I was here um, last week saying this, and it's turned out to be the case. That Rangers game is increasingly lo- looking like a game that Hearts have had three or four times this season, where it seems like a turning point and never actually. It materializes that way, like when they beat Hibs away earlier in the season under Levine, like when they drew with Rangers at home when the the first time round, they beat Saint Mirren five two, I think, and mm-hmm. when Austin McPhee was there. And all these times, you're like, okay, now they'll kick on. Now you know they'll they'll, they'll rise through um, the division a little bit. And it's just it's just not happening because they're making the same mistakes. Even in that Rangers game, for all they played very well, they allowed Rangers a number of chances just with very easy balls. Over the top of a high line, mm-hmm. and like Kamara exposed that, and the the goalkeeping situation is a big one of our hearts at, at the moment because Pereira is just throwing in goals left, right, and centre. Why is that an issue? Because he's not very good. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Because goalkeepers are meant <laughs> goalkeepers are meant to not let him goals. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: very true. That's yeah. very true. Well, what about Celtic you know, then? <laughs> I mean, Celtic just unstoppable form since they lost to Rangers well they, they are unstoppable because they've won every single game but a key to that success really has been Eduard and Griffiths because Neil Lennon seems to have adopted this kind of 3-5-2 formation That's with his favorite one. Griffiths and Eduard up front although he changed that at the weekend in the cup with Klamala up front on his own but how do you as Daniel Stendel, look to stop someone as good as Eduard really is because he's been top class this season I would even go as far to say as definite player of the year so far
0: uh, I don't know about that Fair uh, to answer your question <laughs> how you set up like if if you think they're going to play with a 2 up front and the natural response to gain advantage in defence is to play a back 3 which means you're going to play a 5 and because it's Celtic you have to flood the midfield with a 4 to make up for the 3 they've got there so you have to play 5 for one and uh, you can't really press like that 5 for one is what you see teams like the uh, Best example right now Is that Newcastle Is the most super defensive Version of this I can think of In the English Premier League Where you just sit back And you have to Hit people on the counter With your two wide players Do Hearts have the players
1: To do this? I don't know Well if they have John Sutter, You'd have Smith well, On the wing No not in the wing <laughs> well, If Christoph Vera Is a number 7 well, There you go Very well played what about Lee Griffiths, guys? Because since he's came back, he's came back with a plom, scoring plenty. With um, a plom. With a plom. You'd yeah.
0: never say that if we weren't in the studio, would you? Huh? You wouldn't say a plom if we weren't in the studio. <laughs> it's a
1: good commentator's yeah, uh, word, isn't you've it?
0: Done your punditry, bit, I like it.
1: Thanks very much. Um <laughs> what do you think for a shoe in in the Scotland squad at the moment? I'm
2: oh, yeah. not but yes and yes and no. But I think Griffiths is benefiting massively from the way the team is playing around him. Mm. I'm not sure he would. If you put him into the Scotland squad at the moment, and we would almost certainly play one up front because we don't really have any strikers and we've got loads of midfielders, he. I'm not sure he's at the standard yet. He's not the the player he was two or three years ago. Both, well, mainly fitness-wise in terms of being able to to run the channels and stuff with one up front. The way he's like a play at the moment, and he's got some inspired player next to him in Edward and. All that he's creating, as well as scoring himself, and the attention that he then draws from opposition defenses, like for example, the goal that Griffith scored against Motherwell uh, last Wednesday, it's incredible. He's like completely unmarked, about five yards out, and mm. just has to, to tap it in. McGregor's kind of done all the the hard work for him, so it's a very different setup going from a Celtic team that's. Smash like even for example when Celtic go and play in the Europa League in a couple of weeks' time, I'm not convinced Griffiths will play. I think now that Nelly Newsy is back, which is a, a big difference from the last few weeks. I think for the for the games against the the more difficult opposition, he'll go back to playing with just Edward up in, in LA Newsy and and Nelly and Forrest either side.
0: How many years would we need to keep odds Edward in Scotland before he could? <laughs> call him up To the main team Five years <laughs> five, I think it's five years I'm just putting it out there yeah. uh, He's been there How many years now? Two? Uh,
2: One and a half well, I also think Morelos has only played For Colombia in friendlies
1: Oh there we go Oh okay. that would be great Can you imagine <laughs> Eduardo Morelos Up front for Scotland <laughs> Absolutely Would you take Would you take an SPFL Like best of Let's get them a tartan Get them a tartan made Superb Well before we finish off All the other games Let's speak to Lee Price at Paddy Power so Lee, we've got a double round of fixtures and I fancy Aberdeen to finally, finally get their scoring boots back on against Hamilton. Can you give me some odds on the Dons, please? <laughs> yeah, we're with you there, actually. They're odds-on to win this match, which usually does require a goal to be scored. And we're confident the Dons will score. It's a mammoth
3: one 1-6, they notch at least once. And even money, they score two or more. One word of warning for Aberdeen fans, though. We might expect you to break your duck...
1: But Hamilton are also odds on to score. Yikes! Yikes, indeed. I'm interested in Hadji scoring against both Kilmarnock and Levy. What can I get? Hmm, You and every Rangers fan going at the minute. The trip to Kilmarnock should be another good opportunity for Hadji, and he's
3: seven to four to score any time in that one. Rangers are one to four to win that match, and even more certain to beat Livingston this weekend. They're one to seven to get the three points there. Hadji to notch in both games this week for Rangers five to one.
1: By the way, did you know about our upcoming live shows in March? I knew. Yeah, you did. Because we're going. Yeah. We're doing live shows. You can see me and JJ and some familiar Scottish names and faces live in person in Scotland. The best place in the world. We'll be playing Glasgow Glee Club on Tuesday the 24th of March. And then we're in Aberdeen. We're playing Lemon Tree. Not the big room. Smaller room But it'd
0: be really nice If everyone could come Because it'll fill up And be much more fun It's a symbiotic thing These shows <laughs> The audience gets What the audience receives And the, the performers Give back what they
1: receive From the audience Just
0: come along It'll be good Oh what a great time
1: It'll be a good laugh That's on the following night Wednesday the 25th of March And if you want a ticket To be there It's really really simple Just go to show.com Forward slash events Click on the one You want to attend And it will happen that's the totallyfootballshow.com forward slash events. We'll see you there. Ross County, let's talk about them up against Hibbs. Um, Ross County beat Livingston last time out in the league, but they still have the worst defensive record in the division. Let me ask you this is their victory over Livingston a stepping stone in the right direction, or more likely to be a one off?
2: Uh, certainly. A step in the right direction. I mean, they're on a, a terrible run and we're we're really in danger of being being pulled back into that um, relegation dogfight. It gives them a bit more uh, breathing space. They're, they're I mean, still conceding too many goals, and 50 goals already, and there's still um, 13 games of the season to go. Mm-hmm. I think, again, as the Livingston game showed, they're going to be reliant on their, their home form, so
1: I, I don't hold out too much hope for them going to Easter Road. I mean, Hibs have only kept two clean sheets at home in the league, but they have only failed to score once at home all season. I think it's going to be a fair game this. I think both sides are going to go for it pretty hard because you see the likes of McNulty coming into the side at the weekend and Ross County, could they cause an upset here? Because I think going on form, JJ, you'd say Hibs should, should look after this game pretty well.
0: Could they cause an upset? Yes. Will
2: they? I don't know. That's, that's that's why we get JJ on nice great analysis
0: analysis. What,
1: what am I going to say about this? I mean, start calling you the fence.
0: Yeah, I just don't. It's hard to predict these things, isn't it? It's a, 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 who who's going to win, sleven I think Hibs are going to win
1: comfortably.
2: I also think Hibs are going to win, it's but
0: they also Nolte and might not. Christian <laughs> Deutsch are going to be
2: on fire. If they are, then I would fancy Ross County because <laughs> two two major players. with taking excess, that literally? Excessive burns. <laughs> I, I think like sake. Ross County are, are they're all right and
0: they're they are where they are on the table because that's I mean if we go back to our old friend XG. They are basically exactly where they should be. on they they're they're actually just slightly below uh, like point seven. Of I do, the XG I do imagine XG as like JJ's best friend, <laughs> <laughs> well, Mister XG. Actually, it's expected points I'm talking about. They're more or less where they should be. Hibs uh, I've not seen a huge improvement Under Jack Ross But I think that's to do With the players And mm-hmm. I think the main problem They had was What Hick and Botten brought in How it didn't really mould And I think we'll see A better Hibs Next season
1: Well Hibs play Kilmarnock On Saturday as well So battle of The top six Is in full swing What about Livingston Versus St Mirren After singing Levy's praises Last week They did go and lose two matches in a row, but their home form has been their saving grace this season. Do we expect them to get back to winning ways against a side that have now drawn four in a row in all competitions?
2: Yes, because they like the Spaghetti Hads much more than the Highlands. Yes, Livingston are
0: very good. I really like Livingston. Uh, So do Inverness. So much stats (laughs) bits this week looking at underlying stuff and they uh, they should be higher up than they actually are. Weirdly, St Mirren, right? So they're obviously sitting, what are they, the table just now? 10th. Third are they? from bottom, I think. 10th. Yeah. Tenth, yeah. Uh, so they've got 22 points, they're expected points. So this is what the way they play the teams they've played and the goals they've scored and whatever. They should be on 33.9, so 34 points, we'll say, which would put them roughly equal Livingston. So they're kind of actually, even though it looks like Livingston are a much better team and they're performing much better, and I think they've got the better individual players as well. St Mirren like they've done really well this season they just haven't got the results mm-hmm. it's a weird sport where you mm-hmm. can be the better team and still lose
1: well yeah I think St Mirren with only one win away from home all season it's going to be a tough old ask
0: especially in a different pitch yeah
1: yeah exactly our final match of the Premiership midweek has third place Motherwell heading to eighth place St Johnstone the home side look to have hit a bit of form of late with well not winning in three games. So where is this game going guys? According
0: to my friend XG ah. <laughs> uh Motherwell are number one who are well they're really overperforming like they're well, underperforming to say so they're they they've got 41 points they should have 33 again it's all Y scout numbers. So they will start to level out and these are sorts of games that they could end up losing I think. Uh,
2: Motherwell have actually been on quite a a poor run themselves. I think they've only scored one goal in the last Four games um, Brought in Tony Watt He's back I'm not entirely sure That's going to Solve their goal scoring Well
1: I was looking at Tony Watt And what he's done In Scottish football Since he left Celtic Yeah what has he done Well it's Nine goals I think In 49 games In Scotland That's kind of Including all Competitions And I would say That's not prolific enough Because this is a player Who's You know can His potential was because obvious Because he
0: once scored Against Barcelona That's why we talk about him. Yeah you're right Yeah you're right We need to because get it out of it. That.
1: <laughs> Yeah we have to You are right
0: If, if Stevie May He scored against Real Madrid Would be on about him Being amazing Oh that
2: would have been great
0: wouldn't I would
1: have really liked that <laughs> I think he probably Would have ended up Somewhere abroad If he'd scored against Real Madrid <laughs> yeah. Just because he that, looks like that That in the ponytail Yeah exactly Got my move The, the metalhead footballer
0: <laughs> Well this is it Tony Watt isn't the answer anyway. From Otherwell uh, Who are probably uh, Pointing this Where you know Their points is is Correcting so it could be the season that it levels out. It could be that the that thing
1: works. is Stephen Robinson's done a lot for the players at Motherwell. He he gets the best out of them, and you look at a player like Tony Watt, who kind of needs to reinvent himself as a player because he's just not really been firing when he's been asked to. Do you know what I mean? He had failed. It was failed at St Johnston. It wasn't so great at Hearts. And Stephen Robinson's given him another chance. It's whether or not he wants to actually be here. I don't here. Even know if he'll actually play that much. He might just be on like a pay as you play. He's just training with him. He didn't have a club, so that's the reason for it. Well, he like was Motherwell, free agent,
0: yeah, yeah. Motherwell changed the style of play this season. We talked about it's quite a lot. But as other teams have worked out how to shut that down, like everyone would like to play nice football ideally, but it often in Scottish football, especially, doesn't get you the result you need. Like. It just doesn't always guarantee it. So a lot of teams play kind of horrible football because that does work in Scotland. Unfortunately, which is one of the reasons the national team is largely rubbish.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: but that's, I really yeah. think that's a problem, and it's just kind of it comes right through from like junior Sunday league football, which is who football, like second ball gets stuck in boys and Motherwell playing nice football. They are doing very well this season, but it's not sustainable because underlying stats tell you. That like, and I'm not. I'm not trying to like be a joy kill going with stats. Like, you watch the games and you see teams are doing well, but just because they are, stupid. <laughs> just because they win doesn't mean they're a the better team, and it does like level out over time. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah,
1: I totally agree. Well, I'm glad. Well, that <laughs> it sounds like a stupid thing to say. <laughs> um, well, that's all the midweeks wrapped up. Just because, just before we actually wrap up, though, we should just end. We're sending our best wishes to Jackie McNamara because news kind of came through. While we were recording this That he's been rushed to hospital After collapsing outside his house on Saturday So everyone here at the Totally Scottish Football Show Sends our best wishes to him and his family So that's it for another week of football Or fit bar. We'll have a double match week To look back on next Tuesday So thank you to the Little Kicks Thank you to you guys JJ and Kieran Thanks to Abby For all the wonderful producing stuff you do And thank you to the listeners We'll see you next Tuesday
3: Listeners, I'm Caroline Barker, host of the Totally Football League show. I'm joined each week by Sam Parkin. Say hello, Sam. Hi, Caroline. By Adrian Clark. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And the Bolton Wanderers fan, too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two? Yes. Each week, we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage, and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday.
0: In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it.
3: Muddy
1: Knees Media.